the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Okay, folks, hey, that is that is our new theme song here, because I have been waiting eight stinking years to sing that about Barack Hussein Obama, who is no longer our president. Because this is Saturday. This is Saturday the 21st. Saturday the 21st, the day of hope, the day where we no longer have what we've had for eight long, dark years, where the... Uh, <laughs> where the debt has gone higher than the climate change. Anyway, so folks, we are so happy, so stinking happy to have retired that donkey out of the White House. We no longer have him there. You know, and um, as, as happy as I am, we hear a lot of things, a lot of people out there lamenting, a lot of people complaining about the new administration, the new president, and everything else on that. And so we have another song that uh, resembles that one. And this one was written by John Denver, but we have to modify it. So instead of sunshine on my shoulder, it's snowflakes on my shoulder. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to sing that for you, but you can do that your own melody as you're uh, driving to the range. Uh, On the next day, it's not raining. Driving to the range out here and having a great time. Snowflakes on my shoulder. Every time you see one of those guys with their nose pierced, wearing a scarf uh, with a latte and a pants that are three inches above their shoes for some particular reason. We called those floods in my day, but hey, I'm an old guy. Anyway, on this rant, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at firinglineradio.com. Joining me, not a snowflake, but joining me... uh, is Joe Silvoso. Joe Silvoso is with Michelle and Associates in Long Beach. He's been on my show many, many times, unfortunately. Now, why do I say that? It's unfortunate that he has been on my show, not because he's not a great guy, not because he's not a fabulous guest, but because we live in California and California is ruled by the city of Excremento. And Excremento has, has issued decrees and regulations that have come crushed our second amendment rights here in the state of California. And Joe is a second amendment attorney, a very busy 
Second Amendment attorney in in uh, California. Joe, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Good to be back. You know, again, it's good to be back, but but I just wish we, you know. I wish we were talking about uh, shooting techniques or uh, something fun you did as opposed to the new regulations we have to look at now. As opposed to working through Christmas and New Year's? Yeah, I, I would have preferred to have been able to do that as well. I often tell people that in most states, I wouldn't have a job because there would be no need for someone like me to delve into and discuss all of these highly complex, confusing um, and, and unclear laws and regulations that the people up in Sacramento are imposing on us um, over long holiday weekends and right before the turn of the year and new laws going into place. Which was absolutely planned. You know, Kamala Harris uh, was leaving. And so her final little gift to those of us who are patriots in the, in the state was to ball up her regulations until the 23rd, I think it was. The 23rd, she released them under emergency statute, meaning that you had five days to comment. And then again on the 30th, didn't they do something else then? Correct, yeah. She unleashed um, a, a double-barrel blast, so to speak, of regulations on firearm owners and um, firearm users, sellers, dealers, manufacturers in the state of California, dealing with California, um, on those two days, the first one having to do with large capacity magazines or so-called large capacity magazines. And then right before the new year, she unleashed the proposed regulations for the new assault weapon laws. And so we've been rather busy during that time reviewing, opposing, uh, commenting, trying to educate the public on what's been going on with all of those things. Uh, and so I've been rather busy since then, unfortunately for me. And what has happened, folks, in case you don't understand... I'm sure you do understand, but let me just play along as if you didn't understand. What happened is if people like Joe Silvoso and Chuck Michelle and, and Sean Brady and all the great attorneys they have over there at Michelle and Associates that are representing the California Rifle and Pistol Association, that are representing the NRA and working through this, had they not given up Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day with their families and not work through those time periods, those regulations that Kamala Harris pushed through would now be regulations you have to live with. And it is a tireless work from these folks that needs to be applauded. Yes, we wrote letters. Yes, we made phone calls. But frankly, we have a state. You could write your Democratic legislature every single day. They're not going to change their mind. They have a supermajority. Just wait till to see what they have planned this year with your taxes. But... That's enough for another day. Um, without these guys fighting the fight in a legal battle, we would be hosed in this particular state. And and it's not so much that California would secede from the union, but it might get kicked out. I mean, that's how radical they are in excremento. So, Joe, thank you very much for the work you've done on that. And you actually had some good news as far as the high cap or standard capacity magazine regulations are concerned, correct? Yes, we did, um, and it's rather an odd situation how it all came about. Uh, DOJ, in waiting almost until the very last minute like they love to do, um, tried to propose the regulations uh, under what's known as an emergency regulation, or as an emergency regulation, and what that allows them to do is propose them very quickly and try to get them on the books very quickly in California. And uh, the way they did this was saying that, oh, 
because this law is about ready to go into effect, we've got ourselves an emergency here, and so therefore we're going to propose these regulations and allow for a, a very abbreviated five-day public comment period over the Christmas vacation. And that's so me, exactly what they did. Let me back this up. When sure. did this when did this become law? Some of these actually came became law in July and August this year, correct? Or 2016? Well, they were signed. Uh, we were dealing both with um, the uh, the bill for large capacity magazines proposed by Senator Hancock um, that Governor Brown signed in July. That bill uh, did not become California law until January 1st, but um, as we've discussed before on your show, Phil, um, the, the restrictions as it relates to large-capacity magazines, and that's um, the ban on possessing so-called large-capacity magazines, will not go into effect until July 1st. And so those of you still in possession of large-capacity magazines, which California law allows, although there are certain jurisdictions that prohibit the possession of large-capacity magazines, uh, for most of us in the state, you can still lawfully possess large-capacity magazines. For the time being, you will not be able to do that uh, come July 1st. That law went into effect on January 1st, as most of the laws that are signed in Sacramento do. Um, however, as a result of Prop 63, which also bans the possession of large-capacity magazines come July 1st of this year, well, the day after that was signed in um, or voted on by uh, the California public, that technically became the law. And so we still don't have the ban in place. That doesn't take place until July 1st. Um, but that law has been around, and the bill that was signed by Governor Brown, well, everybody knew about that, and they've known about that since July. So for DOJ, um, the eve of that bill um, coming into effect, the the Christmas Eve, uh, for them to say that they have all of a sudden an emergency uh, didn't sit too well with us. Um, we provide that information to the agency in California that reviews all these proposed regulations. It's the Office of Administrative Law, or commonly referred to as OAL. Um, and we told them that. Uh, why did? It, why is DOJ calling this an emergency for laws, one, they've known about? For five and months. That have, for five months. And two, laws that won't go into effect, uh, and the restriction won't go into effect until July of this year. How in the world is this an emergency? And... We're reasonably confident that our argument got through and to OAL and then back to the California Department of Justice because as soon as we had submitted those comments to OAL and California Department of Justice, those uh, large capacity magazine regulations were withdrawn. They are pending right now. Um, you can go to the Bureau of Firearms website and see the fact that they were withdrawn um, a couple of days after our letter was sent out to them. Thank you for that. Now, what that means, though, is that the law hasn't changed. The law has not changed. We still have something coming July 1st. So don't think that the law has been withdrawn. But the regulations that they propose have been withdrawn, and there's going to be further clarification coming up. So the fight isn't over. It's just we won the first battle because Kamala Hogback Harris was, was pushing hard on that, and we had to back that off. So she's off screwing up the Senate as we speak now, but she's out of California. Uh, anyway, folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step 
and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. And as you know, every single week, we're always talking about the Second Amendment, hunting, gun rights. All the good stuff afforded to you under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. And our faithful companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been our longtime sponsor, Vince Torres, at Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside. You've heard me talk about the Firing Line Gun of the Month Challenge, created in response to pending legislation in Excremento. Bullseye Sport is one of the establishments participating in this challenge. Each month for the next year, there'll be a special offer on a firearm, Your goal is to collect as many as possible. During the month of January, you can purchase a Smith & Wesson M&P Shield 9mm for $399.99. For more information about the challenge, go to Bullseye Sport. Bullseye Sport in Riverside, where the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammos, 951-823-0211. Yeah, I did say ammos, sorry. That's 951-823-0211. Or visit their website, bullseyesport.com, bullseyesport.com. And right now, this is the last day of it because... uh, Friday, he celebrated the inauguration of the 45th president, but there's a huge sale here, 45, 45, 45. So you've got discounts on all 45 caliber firearms, discounts on all 45 caliber ammunition, and that's all in honor of the 45th president of the United States, who is not named Barack Hussein Obama. You just got to love that. 
Hey, joining me back here on the show, I have Joe Silvoso. Joe Silvoso is one of the lead attorneys with Michelle and Associates out of Long Beach, California. They represent the California Rifle and Pistol Association, which, let me just give them a little plug here, has come a long way. Rick Travis is, is running that organization right now. David Motz is involved over there. We've got some great people running the California Rifle and Pistol Association. They're doing a great job. They've been much more active than I've seen them in the past, and, and hats off to them. Uh, they've got Michelle and Associates doing some stuff, webinars that they've produced that you can go to online and get all this information at your fingertips. We want to make... What, sorry? <laughs> For free, and you don't have to be a CRPA member to review, review them. Yeah, you know what? You don't have to be a CRPA member, but realize there was a cost incurred to do this. You should be a CRPA member. Um, that was Joe Silvoso joining me here. Joe, thank you very much. Uh, you did the webinars, or several of the webinars for them, and that's at crpa.org forward slash webinars, I think. I believe, I believe you're right. Okay, so you can go there. Uh, they are very, very detailed Listen to them, play it back. We want to make sure that the patriots in my audience understand the laws and stay on the right side of them. Now, I'm going to give two seconds worth of counsel here. Uh, take it for what you paid for it. Do not engage in stupid talk on forums and Facebook. DOJ will be looking for test cases. You should not volunteer. Um, simple as that. You should, if you're posting anything, talk about how you found a legal way to comply because that is where you need to be. Or, or really don't post on it. You know, just just don't. Um, there's a lot of things we can talk about, have a lot of fun, but do not go on social media and create a case for for a district attorney. Don't do that. Joe, is that decent advice? I think that's fantastic advice because we do know, I personally know, having had conversations with a number of members of law enforcement, that they do um, review and go over online forums uh, when it comes to making their cases or just looking for general information. Um, they're there quite often. Um, and I, you don't want to be a test case. If you think you found a novel approach, you think you found a nuanced way to to go go through something or, or make something so-called California compliant that nobody else has thought of before, you really want to talk to an attorney before doing that. Because um, if you want to be a test case, let me tell you, it's going to cost you thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, for you to push that, because if you are found out and the law enforcement officer or district attorney disagrees with your novel approach, um, you're usually doing that in the context of a criminal courtroom, um, and that is not a uh, brief or a cheap process, um, especially if you want an attorney who knows what the heck they're talking about helping you out. And so just keep that in mind if you want to do something like that, that the time and expense um, that if somebody disagrees with you, that you will go through far exceeds um, your novel approach, or uh, even uh, talking to an attorney is going to be far cheaper uh, than just going out on your own and doing what you think may uh, be okay uh, because you found a new little niche or a new little nuance that nobody else seems to have found out concerning these laws. You're absolutely right on that. And here's the thing, okay? 
when you have a Department of Justice that is as biased as the one in California currently is, and it's going to be getting a little leg up, so to speak, from Eric Holder being involved in this state. I mean, like things can't get worse in California, right? We got rid of the drought, but now we have Eric Holder. Just ridiculous. But um, this unelected person is going to be coming in, giving advice to DOJ is the same one who did Fast and Furious, 2300 high powered weapons into the hands of the cartel with dead bodies galore stacked up to the ceiling um, along that, that trail, if you'd like. But that man who is one of the worst people ever to be in in charge of, of anything in America because he destroyed the rule of law for the attorney general of the United States. he made it a partisan hack position. Um, he should never have been confirmed. He was involved with the armed takeover of Columbia university in the 1970s. He was a member of the black Panthers. There's nothing good about this man. Nothing. Uh, he, he actually gave uh, sold pardons under Clinton to the FARN or FAQN, whatever it is, that other Puerto Rican terrorist, getting the rest of those murdering bombers out of, out of jail. That is who's going to come in here and give advice to the state of California. And that's his resume. Those are the good things he's done. Um, I won't even go into the really bad ones. But you don't want to, you don't want to set this up. They have unlimited resources, they being district attorneys or the Department of Justice. They can simply arrest you and charge you. You have a job to go to Monday through Friday. You have a family. You have standing in your community. You are going to be fighting an uphill battle um, like that Greek god who had to push the rock up the hill every single day just to have it at the bottom of the hill by evening. You are going to fight that battle with all of your assets, all of your time, all of your energy, and it costs them nothing on their end to keep indicting you and dragging you out. You do not want to be involved in in being a test case. I have made sure, I've talked to to Joe, I've talked to other people, I have made sure everything I have is totally compliant. Why? Because I run my mouth off on the air and I'm not going to be a test case. That's my story. How about you, Joe? Um, no, I'm not going to be in this case either. I try to avoid anything that uh, would fall under the so-called gray areas of California law. Um, and then those listening, uh, trust us, we are going over every nuance, every wrinkle for these laws. We're making the ones uh, that we feel um, people can use uh, to be California compliant. We do put those into the webinars when um, I, we can, and we know that they are um, viable. Um, and then also don't get us wrong. There are other things in the works that I cannot discuss here relating to a number of these laws um, and uh, uh, potential issues with them that we're looking into um, and are, have plans for. And so we, uh, there are things on the table that both NRA and CRPA is involved with um, that are moving forward and moving on um, that you may not know about yet. Um, but you may know about them in the relatively recent uh, coming future, or as some of these other laws start to go into effect relating to um, the um, the ban for large capacity magazines, or we get closer with the ammo issues, um, there may be additional um, things that get into place concerning those as well. And and some of those things they take time to wind through. And and frankly, if you're going to take a challenge up to the court through the court system, you've got to pick your timing and. With the new administration that's come in and the possibility of getting some decent Supreme Court judges as opposed to Kagan and Sotomayor uh, or Ginsburg, instead of those type of people being put on the the court to having – 
quality, Second Amendment-friendly, constitutional-friendly judges. The Peruta case has been brought up to the Supreme Court, or you've petitioned for that, correct? Yes. Um, our firm uh, filed a certificate um, for a petition for review by the Supreme Court, and so basically what that does is, is we're appealing the Ninth Circuit's ruling to the Supreme Court. The justices will, over a period of time, have a chance to uh, look at the case briefly and then make a decision on whether or not they want to hear that. Of course, um, if the presidential election went differently, uh, then the concern of a different type of justice than the one uh, Donald Trump would put in there um, could have been proposed or introduced by uh, Ms. Clinton. Um, the chances of that case's success would have dwindled rather significantly. And exactly. so, uh, exactly. thankfully, as a result of the, the election, um, in November, uh, that case is looking uh, a bit more viable, and as a result, um, it's being moved forward, and yep. still not ready to go yet, but uh, it's being reviewed. Very good. Folks, Firing Line Radio Show, FiringLineRadio.com. We'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, Mulan Labe Saturday, this is just... It's just a great day. It's it's the dawn of a new day. I don't care if it's going to rain all weekend. I don't care if it rains all month. I could not be happier than to not have Barack Hussein Obama as my president. I just, I've been waiting eight years to say that. It's just, it's a glorious thing. I see the sun shining right through the clouds. This is just, <laughs> it don't get no better. Um, it really doesn't. So I couldn't be happier than that. Except... If you run on down to Bullseye Sports and get involved in the 45-45-45 sale, all 45 caliber weapons, all 45 caliber ammunition, in honor of the 45th president of the United States, are on a huge sale discount. I wouldn't say they're all 45% off, but if I was going down there, I would be asking Vince for a 45% discount. Just say I sent you. See what happens. Um, your results may vary, but... You can, you can always ask. So give him a shot down there at Bullseye Sports. Joining me back, I have Joe Silvoso. Joe Silvoso from the Michelle and Associates, the tireless, tireless, triumphant attorney for your Second Amendment rights. Um, we're just we're talking a little bit about the Peruta case. Michelle and Associates have brought that up. They've petitioned the Supreme Court. Hopefully, given the, the correct blend of justices we might have in the future, that could go very, very well for California. 
and we might have some of our burdens released here in this particular state. But we still have other fish to fry, other burdens. We talked earlier about the high cap magazine regulations. Those have temporarily been withdrawn. They will come back in an in a form. We need to find out what those are. And we also have the so-called assault weapon ban that we're dealing with and the ammunition purchase situation. Joe, which of those would you like to tackle first? Um, well, since the, large, or the assault weapon stuff is the one that's really most pending, let's, let's talk about that one. The ammunition... Um, we've got still some time to deal with, and so um, we don't have to worry about that, at least just not yet. But uh, the California Department of Justice has done some rather interesting things. Um, again, right before New Year's, uh, December 30th, um, for that um, new law and proposed a number of really bad uh, regulations. And so what's pending with those is, like I mentioned, they were proposed on December 30th, and, and DOJ's thinking is that, they're, again, they're going to sneak them in. But unlike the large capacity magazine uh, regulations, these can come in slightly different, because when the legislature passed uh, the new laws relating to uh, the assault weapons and the bullet buttons in particular, um, they etched in an exception for DOJ. And basically what that exception does is allows DOJ to propose regulations having to do with the registration of these firearms without having to go through the entire um, regulation proposal process. Typically when in a... a so wait, let me just clarify that. They yeah, wrote the law to break the law? Well, I wouldn't necessarily go to that far. The law does contemplate and does allow for the legislature to allow certain agencies in proposing regulations to not have to comply with the requirements. Basically, it allows them to make an exception to the rule, as often is the case when it comes to California law. Um, there's tons of exceptions to rules and then exceptions to those exceptions and so on. Uh, and this is one of those. But when you make an exception to the rule, uh, that exception is usually very narrowly um, reviewed or very narrowly interpreted, if it has to be interpreted, uh, by the Office of Administrative Law, like I mentioned before, or, if need be, the courts. But what DOJ did here and with these new regulations uh, was so broad, so expansive, um, I dare say far exceeds what they should be allowed to do when it comes to uh, the rules and their exception to the rule uh, in implementing and proposing these regulations. And so that's what we're dealing with right now. And so what DOJ has is a number of regulations uh, concerning the new assault and laws, a number of them far exceeding just the, regu uh, the registration requirements uh, that are sitting on the Office of Administrative Law's desk. And there is no public comment period. Um, technically, there's really no review of this uh, for, uh, for people to chime in on and then have DOJ make a changes to the regulations. Uh, basically, they can propose them. OAL can, uh, can accept them and then they give them to the Secretary of State, and they can become a law. Boom, 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 just like that. And so as a result of all of that, we have notified both OAL and DOJ of the numerous problems with these proposed regulations, um, basically in the form of a pre-litigation demand letter saying, you far exceeded the scope of what you can do uh, with these regulations, and you really need to reconsider either withdrawing them or modifying them, and we'll see what happens. No movement has happened yet with respect to that, 
Um, but we'll see in the upcoming literally days and weeks what's going to happen with these. So what they've just done is they've just they've thrown the Hail Mary. They, they went all in. And it's now up to us to back things out. They, they, yes, they overstepped. Yes, they did all that. So what? I mean, that's, that's the tyrannical attitude that you get from these people. It's like, yeah, so what? What are you going to do about it? Yeah, we're all in. We've got all the state. If, if you don't like it, we'll just have the supermajority state legislator write the bill the way it would say it. And we'll have the, you know, Voldemort Brown sign it. And uh, Eric Holder give his blessing on it. I mean, we have such a terrible political sphere in the state of California because because gun owners didn't show up and vote these rats out of out of office last year. Um, super majority. And, and yeah, and you're 100 percent correct. Unfortunately, Phil, I know a lot of what you're saying here is tongue in cheek, but we know from inside sources at the DOJ who still like to talk to us. Um, because they themselves are gun owners and concerned with what's happening. Uh, that is the absolute attitude for a lot of the people in the California Department of Justice. You don't like what we're doing? Fine. Sue us. We've got way deeper pockets than you because we're the state of California. And then if you're able to succeed, great. We'll just run to the legislature and change this stuff on you as they have in the past. And so that is the attitude. That is the um, we don't care attitude um, that, that we're often dealing with this, or even the we know better than you, peons, uh, attitude that we're often dealing with. Yeah, it's uh, not it even the we know. Laws. I don't think it's the we know better than you. It's the we know the game is fixed. The fix Absolutely. is in. So there's, you know, unless, unless gun owners, you know, come on, man, uh, on a registration rolls, there's supposed to be 8 million of you people, 8 million of you, 6 million people voted for Hillary Clinton. If 8 million people showed up in the state of California that were gun owners and voted in one direction, we wouldn't have this issue. We wouldn't have the fools we have as senators. We wouldn't have the fools we have as judges. We wouldn't have the fools we have as state legislators and state senators. Now, Mike Morrell is excluded, but the rest of you are all suspect. Um, it, it's, it's amazing to me. I hear this, the bravado talk on the forums. Oh, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing this. Hell, you didn't show up to vote. Don't tell me what you're doing. You can't vote. You just run in your mouth. It's empty air. You're just making wind. And and it just bothers me that had you shown up, had you towed the line at the start of the race, we wouldn't be here. Now we're playing defense and the game is rigged and it's so much harder. And we're going to lose so much more in, in our own rights because you failed when you were called to action. I'm going to go drink an adult beverage on that. <laughs> so, yeah, so we are fighting, uh, we, as we often are in California when it comes to gun issues, uh, a bit of an uphill battle, but we are fighting. And so, like I said, we have pointed out um, to OAL and DOJ the numerous problems with the regulation, how they far exceed, exceed the scope of what they can do. A lot of these regulations are so poorly written and drafted that I can't figure out what the heck they mean are supposed to say, let alone we can't expect a member of the public to figure this stuff out and make themselves California compliant. Uh, we've pointed that out. We also point out the fact uh, that a number of the regulations, uh, a number of them don't even have anything to do or very loosely related to assault weapons in general or even expand or go beyond the scope of the assault weapon laws into other laws in areas 
uh, in the books uh, that don't even have anything to do specifically with assault, assault weapons. And, and the, why they're doing this and what they're doing it for um, is a, it's a little bit troublesome when you understand what they're allowed to do and what they should be doing, um, but not surprising given what we know that they're wanting to do and how far they're wanting to expand the restrictions on California gun laws uh, for everybody else in the state. So yes or no question, all of these laws, all of them, do any of them increase the penalty for the misuse of a firearm and commission of a violent crime? No. There you go, folks. It's never about crime. It never is. It's all about control. Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at firinglineradio.com. We have our podcasts up there and on Facebook at Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Philip Naiman, check us out on our Facebook page where I do have giveaways such as Hexmag, California Compliant, 10-round magazines. Uh, you're going to see those. you also see, see some Hex Mag grips, the, the adjustable size grips. Use them while you can. Uh, Hex Mag grips, Hex Mag magazines, the great sponsors. Glad, glad they're back on the show. And we'll be giving away some of those. So share the posts. That's how you win. I post something, you share it on your website, or we'll share it on your Facebook page, and lo and behold, you just might be a winner. So check that out. Hex Mag. Um, we have California Compliant 10-round magazines that we're giving out because we have so many onerous rules here in the state of California. Joining me back again is the non-tiring, effervescent Joe Silvoso from Michelle and Associates. And Joe, as we went off the air on the last segment, your answer to the question of any regulations that have been passed in the last, say, three years, have any of them increased the penalties for the misuse of a firearm in the commission of a violent crime? To my knowledge, off the top of my head, I'd say no. Okay. Not like you're ever really focusing on this stuff, though, right? So, yeah. Yeah, from time to time, I do have to focus on this stuff. Um, But, yeah, as far as I can aware of the last three years uh, for the illegal use of firearms, um, I'd say no. Uh, Again, there was that whole Prop 47 issue relating to the theft of property and how um, the theft of uh, a lot of firearms are um, less than $1,000. Those became misdemeanors that they worked back, I would say, other than that, which was, I, I would put in quotes, fixed by Prop 63. Um, 
to my knowledge, no, off the top of my head. Yeah. So it's about control. It's not about crime issues. So let's t- take it from here. What else should we uh, be focusing on, Joe? Um, well, in the next coming weeks, and I dare say months, uh, we're probably going to be focusing on, first of all, those regulations that are pending for the assault weapons. Those aren't the law yet. Um, OAL has put a tentative date on those going through of February 13th. Um, and what that's going to entail or what their decision is going to be with those remains to be seen. If those are accepted, however, as, uh, as is, um, there are a number of concerns, because despite the fact that the legislature did not extend uh, or did not modify uh, the new definition of assault weapons to shotguns, um, shotguns are included in the regulations, but before I get into that, I should probably back up half a second um, as to what was changed. Um, the legislature, uh, through the bills that were signed by Governor Brown in July, changed the definition of what is considered an assault weapon. A lot of those definitions are still the same. If you have a make and model listed gun, it's still an assault weapon. Um, if you have a semi-automatic centerfire rifle with a uh, capacity to, or I'm sorry, with a fixed mag that holds more than 10 rounds, it's still an assault weapon. Um, uh, there are a couple of other things that are still assault weapons. What they modified was for rifles and pistols uh, was the restriction for those firearms having the capacity to accept a detachable magazine and one additional evil feature. As an example, for rifles, if the rifle is semi-automatic, centerfire, had the capacity to accept a detachable magazine and a pistol grip, it was considered an assault weapon. And for pistols, semi-automatic, capacity to accept a detachable magazine, and, say, a barrel shroud, that was considered a assault weapon. The legislature decided that they weren't too keen on that definition, partly because of the detachable magazine aspect of that, because a lot of ingenious manufacturers and dealers realized that if you installed a bullet button onto that firearm, that firearm no longer had a detachable magazine, and so you could have a firearm with all of those so-called mean and nasty features attached to them. And so, which is why you saw all of those ARs and AKs um, and HKs uh, on the shelves uh, that had all of those pistol grips and claspable stocks on them, is because they were outfitted with a bullet button. And basically, what the bullet button or magazine lock does uh, prevents you from removing the magazine without using a tool, and uh, Dating back to the year 2000, when the original regulations for assault weapons uh, were implemented for these um, definitions, if you had to use a tool, uh, the firearm wasn't con- or didn't consider- wasn't considered to have a detachable magazine. Right. And so that's why we had all those rifles, um, shotguns, and pistols configured with bullet buttons. And again, like I mentioned, the legislature wasn't too keen on de- uh, detachable magazines being the restriction and uh, bullet buttons being their so-called loophole to that restriction, so they changed things up a bit. And so instead of using the term capacity to accept a detachable magazine, they're using the phrase does not have a quote-unquote fixed magazine. And so unless the firearm had a fixed magazine, and if it's a rifle and it being semi-automatic and center fire, you couldn't have and you can't have all of those additional mean and nasty features again. So the pistol grip, the forward um, pistol grip, the uh, folding collapsing stock, um, those features would then cause the firearm to be in a slope. And if the rifle did not have the fixed magazine or the pistol did not have the fixed magazine and you had a threaded barrel or a barrel shroud 
um, or um, another feature attached to that pistol. And so what we're left with is all of those bullet-buttoned firearms, um, the rifles and pistols, as of January 1st, those are, begin, are, those are considered, unless otherwise modified, assault weapons. That's why you don't see bullet-buttoned guns on the shelves um, right. on January 1st anymore, because those are now assault weapons. Dealers cannot sell them, and according to uh, the laws that the legislature passed, um, those who are in possession of those firearms have a couple of options, one of them being register those firearms as assault weapons in California. Um, that registration process isn't open yet. Again, like I mentioned before, that's what the regulations were supposed to cover, but those regulations go far beyond just registration because, like I said, um, through this, and I apologize, rather long uh, monologue relating to these restrictions, uh, the legislature changed the definition of assault weapon for rifles and for pistols. They didn't touch the definition of assault and for shotguns, but the California Department of Justice, taking, I dare say, the law into their own hands, has decided to extend, of their own volition, the definition of, or the redefinition of assault weapon to shotguns with bullet buttons attached to them. And that is one of our key concerns relating to these new regulations, because the legislature, if they wanted to, could have changed that definition. It was within their power to do so, and I, I dare say they would have abused and been able to get away with changing that if they had gone through the legislative process and Governor Brown had signed a bill um, expanding the definition of assault to include bullet-buttoned shotguns, but they didn't. But the DOJ decided to do that themselves, and so these proposed uh, regulations that OAL currently has expands the definition of assault weapons to those bullet-button shotguns, which is something, as far as we're concerned, should never, should never happen. They not do. So now people are under the impression that if they register their existing bullet-button guns as an assault weapon, they can now take the bullet-button off and operate it as it was meant to be designed and intended. Uh, that is what the, at least what potentially the penal code contemplates. Again, that is n another one of those concerns um, and issues we have with the proposed regulations, because the regulations are rather specific that a person who registers their firearm as an assault in this coming year with the bullet button attached to it as it's, according to them, required to be, cannot remove that bullet button once it's registered. Uh, and again, that is an area of contention that we would um, be, we have brought up, and potentially if we have to challenge, possibly challenge, but that is what the proposed regulation, and if, if, if it comes to pass and that goes on the books, law will require you. And like we talked before, Phil, uh, we don't need test cases. We don't need people saying, well, right. I think it's okay for me to remove my bullet button um, because of my interpretation of the law. Uh, no, if these regulations go into place, that's what it's going to restrict you from doing, and we don't need you testing that on your own volition. We are more than ready and prepared uh, to push that issue if it comes about. And so don't, uh, just because that's the analysis, and you probably heard me say um, in more than one form, and I think I might have said it previously on your show, Phil, that um, once you have registered an assault weapon, it's a registered assault weapon, and so therefore... Um, the restrictions relating to that, including whether or not that firearm had a bullet button, sh 
should be irrelevant. It's a registered assault weapon. However, that's not how DOJ is reviewing it. That's not how the proposed regulations review it. And if those proposed regulations were to pass and get on the books, that's not how the law would view it. And as a result, law enforcement, district attorneys, and judges. And so uh, I've heard a lot of that discussed for the time being. That's what the regulation says. Um, it's not we, you shouldn't. It's something you should not do. Right, folks. I want you to meet Joe Silvoso at one of the CRPA dinners at an event. Maybe some come to the radio show. Meet him. I don't want you to have to meet him in person with a story that says, "Well, I was driving to the range and then." Okay, that's not the way to meet this man. He's a great guy. I'd like you to meet him. Be a friend. Don't be a client. Be smart. Folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at firinglineradio.com, michellelawyers.com is your website, M-I-C-H-E-L, lawyers.com. Joe, thank you for all you do. Check out the webinars on the CRPA website, and uh, we'll be back next week. Take care, everybody. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Mop and Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.